Welcome to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, Matthew Betts and Matt Okada. Welcome into episode number 100 of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Okada, it feels so weird to say that, that it has been 100 episodes of you and I sitting down talking about random stats and fantasy football knowledge. Uh, But man, what a fun 100 episodes it's been. Uh, First off, welcome, Okada. I need you to bring the heat tonight, bring the fire, bring the energy for episode 100. How are you doing? (laughs) Um, I'm doing great. It's, you know, technically, technically, we've actually done way more than 100 episodes because of all the Patreon episodes. If you guys are in our Patreon, then you've gotten more than that. But just based off normal episodes, this is number 100, and that's, you know, what matters. Yeah, we're going to celebrate as such. Kent and I also used to do several waiver wire shows last year, which for whatever reason we didn't name. So we're probably on 200, but we're going to celebrate as if this is 100 (laughs) tonight. Uh, regardless, a, a special uh, milestone, if you will, and it's been it's been fun, man. It's been a blast to do this with you and with Kent, formerly, uh, who unfortunately had to step away to be a dad. Uh, but good on him for doing so. Uh, very responsible, of course. There, Kent, who is in the live chat as we speak. Um, but man, there's so much to get to on this episode. We we put out a tweet um, on Twitter, you know, looking at what do you guys want? Whoa, whoa, do? whoa! We put out a tweet on Twitter. We put out a tweet on Twitter. On Twitter, fascinating. <laughs> the worst, man. <laughs> we put out a tweet. Uh. Period. Um, <laughs> looking at what you guys wanted to hear from us on episode 100, we wanted to do something different. You know, we kind of get in this this cycle. I feel like in the season where it's such a grind. Um, Okada and I are both working full time jobs on top of doing this. Uh, our lives are crazy, but we want to try to get something different uh, in for this episode and celebrate episode 100. So we had a few fun segments come in from our Patreon supporters, uh, from you all on Twitter, from our tweet. Okada, you're the worst. Um, and mm-hmm. so we're going to get into those mm-hmm. segments tonight. But before we do, reminder to everyone, find us online, redshirtsfantasyfootball.com. Uh, awesome articles going up every single day by our staff. Those guys are crushing it. Be sure to check out their work. Uh, and then as well, don't forget to follow us on social media. Of course, if you're watching this live, which Okada and I have been into the live streams lately, they will be on our Twitter. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, the handles are redshirtsffpod. All right, Okada, the first segment that everyone wanted to hear about from us. Give me your favorite moment or memory so far from the 100 episodes we have done to this point. Ooh. Wow. I did not prepare for this. I wish that I had. Um... <laughs> I threw it on last minute. <laughs> Let's see. There's been a lot of pretty great ones. Uh, I distinctly remember Jason Moore coming on for a Bold Predictions episode. That was really fun. But as far as just a singular moment, I I might have to say the uh, Kyler Murray song that I sang early oh, yes. in the draft season. Because I think that uh, I, sa- I had said something about it to tease it. I forget what it was. Like... I don't know, but then I sang it, and it was it was rough, yes, to say the it least. Was but not pretty. <laughs> it expressed my love for Kyler, and that's all that mattered. Yeah, and you know now that people have been following us for a little while, and this season especially with our rookie content, 
coverage and then of course the season with Kyler crushing it they're well aware of your love for Kyler and actually one of the requests from our Patreon chat was a a montage of yep, Okada's all of his discussions about Kyler Murray and unfortunately we couldn't do it because a that takes way too much time to actually go through and do <laughs> with uh, how often it's been and b that would have been a two hour long episode in and of itself Without true, a doubt. True, true. So, <laughs> unfortunately, we're not going to throw that in here, but you did bring it back with a Kyler reference as per usual. Uh, so right on brand for you there. My mm-hmm. best memory, man, and <laughs> this one was so much fun. I recorded an episode uh, this summer from a moving car because we had oh, to yes. get Andy Holloway from the Fantasy Footballers on with us. Um, and my fiance was amazing, <laughs> literally sitting in the driver's seat. The dog is in the back seat. I am in the passenger seat. It is raining. Uh, connection is poor. I'm in and out of hot spots. But <laughs> Okada and Andy somehow huddled together and were able to piece together what I was saying throughout that that time. So that is the commitment that we have for this show, is trying to record episodes in a moving car. Um, and Okada, you had a ton of fun editing that, if I remember correctly. I did. Yeah, that was probably the hardest one you had to, had to edit there. Uh, for oh, sure. no, there was one harder. I don't know if we've ever told the listeners this. What is that? But I guess I will, because it's another one of the most... It's not not one of my favorite moments, because it was awful, but it's very memorable. The time... Uh, I don't think we've said this, that uh, we had... Who did we have on? It was oh, a guest. Oh, Rob Wozniak. Was it Rob Wozniak? When his voice was kind when of doing I, like when, the... No, 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 no. Oh. When I completely lost my recording. Oh, yes. That was with Kate from the Ball Blast pod. Yes. Okay. It was with Kate. No, no, that's when she lost her recording. We told them about that. <laughs> There's been a happen? lot of technical issues. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. I know who it is. Nick Whalen. Yes, yes. That is the right <laughs> one. It was with Nick Whalen. I lost my entire recording, but they didn't because we record individually. And rather than make Nick Whalen come back on and reschedule another pod recording with Betts and Whalen, I re-recorded my individual portions of the podcast and spliced them in. So I was sitting there with their audio in my ears for like an hour and a half. And every time that they would stop and I would be supposed to have been talking, I would re-interject what I was going to have said. And there were times when I had to laugh because I had laughed on the podcast. And I like, it it was so (laughs) stupid. But we do things for you people. Yes, it yeah, was, that was one of them. I'm just picturing Okada sitting by himself, fake laughing at his computer. Which you know, if you if you were in the moment with with us recording, and you heard that, and then went back and listened to this uh, fake recording, <laughs> Okada, you could definitely yep. tell there was some not real laughs in there. But hey, yep, uh, we are committed to getting the show out and hopefully doing it uh, doing it well. So uh, tons of fun throughout the years, man. Uh, hopefully, we can kind of keep it going here. We are in officially year two of the show. But, man, looking forward to the next 100 uh, for sure. All right, next segment people wanted to hear and hear about and watch us do or listen to us do. Uh, we're going to do a, a two-round 2020 redraft, mock draft, after what we've seen so far mm. in 2019. Um, Okada, we've got a lot to get to on the show, so we'll keep it quick. We're going to do 12 teams. You and I will just go back and forth, pick by pick, um, and we will keep our analysis very short. So pick your player. Give one short reason why, and then we'll move on. I randomly generated the order. You get to go first. So at 101 in 2020's draft, redraft, who are you taking? Christian McCaffrey. No question. No ifs, ands, or buts. He is the best player in fantasy right now. Yeah, absolutely unreal what he's doing. Uh, awesome pick by you. 102 goes to me. 
I'm going to stick with Dalvin Cook, and the reason is, um, you know, obviously the production, but finally seeing him, you know, come into his own here uh, now that he's been in the league for a few years and how much they use him, not just in the rushing game, but in the passing game uh, and on a good offense, I will take Dalvin Cook at 102. You Are we going back and forth or you're, we're not snaking? No, back and forth. You got 103. No snake. Okay, cool. Uh, ooh, that's tough. This is when it gets harder for me. I'm going to go ahead and take... I mean, you know what? I'm going to get interesting here. I'm going to take Nick Chubb. Uh, I think that they move on from Kareem Hunt next year in one form or another, and we get a whole year of just uh, Nick Chubb. And I also think that this offense has to get a little bit better because it's been just... It's been a mess in Cleveland this year. They probably get a new head coach. Man, that may not help, but I hope it does. And I think Nick Chubb is incredible next year. Yeah, can't argue with Nick Chubb at all. He's been fantastic this season. And, you know, his advanced analytics, too, have been great per PFF. So love that pick there. I'm going to go back to Alvin Kamara here at the 104. Um, it hasn't had the season that we have become accustomed to by any means. But with a player of his talent and the way they use him, it's hard to argue with that pick. So 104, Kamara. Well, I'm pretty excited because Saquon Barkley has fallen down to me at five. And in a similar vein with Chubb, I think he's got to be a little bit better next year. He's just too talented. So I think he'll be back to super elite, super, super elite. And five is a nice spot to get him. The super, super elite. I love that there, that call there, Okada. Huzzah. Yes. Um, all right. That brings me back on the clock here. Uh, what are we at now? 106? Sure. All right. 106. I am going to go <laughs> ahead and take the first receiver off the board. That is... Ooh. Michael Thomas, um, dude, like, I, I don't know if I'll rank him there next year, but from what you've seen from a consistency standpoint, from how heavily utilized he is with his target share in that offense, I mean, it's literally Drew Brees to Michael Thomas or bust unless they're getting Kamara involved. So, yeah, Michael Thomas is a absolute stud. Hashtag can't guard Mike. Uh, that is my pick there for the 106. Ooh, all right. This I feel like there's a teardrop in uh in wide receiver after Michael Thomas, so I don't really know if I want to go there. You know what? I'm gonna go with a bunch of bounce backers. I'm gonna take Ezekiel Elliott here. Uh this year has been a lot of Dak Prescott, and I don't think that's exactly what they want to do. It shows in their record, to be honest. So I'm gonna go for another bounce back guy, get Zeke. All right, man. That puts me back on the clock here. 108. I'm sticking with the wide receiver position. It is DeAndre Hopkins, and it is uh, amazing with what he's done now in every single season that he's been in the league. We talked about it in the offseason. Finally, with a good quarterback, what he's done with bad quarterbacks, I think he and Deshaun Watson will continue to grow together. Give me DeAndre Hopkins. All right. I feel left out, so I want to get in on the wide receivers here. And there's a couple interesting options, but I'm going to actually go with one that is probably not expected. And I'm going to say, and this is very, very subject to change. I'm going to say Chris Godwin. Ooh! I think that with Chris Godwin being as good as he is this early in his career, things are probably just going to get better. And next year is one year away. So that means it's going to get that much better. Chris Godwin. <laughs> Number three wide uh, receiver. Yeah, man, that's that's great analysis there, Okada. I love that. Uh, back to the, the one... 10 here puts me back on the clock i'm gonna roll with i'm gonna roll with the running back here and this is not on brand for me by any means going with this type of player but if this is any indication as to how they're going to use him next season and we need to see what happens there in the offense 
if Derrick Henry maintains the role that he has had Ooh. so far with the amount of work <laughs> he's getting, uh, RB3 this year, I mean, it's a lock. 20 touches every single game, it feels like, for Henry. And with the way they want to use him uh, as the focal point of the offense, with Ryan Tannehill probably back under center if they go that direction, yeah, Derrick Henry is going to have another great year next season. So I will take wow. him at 10. For those of you who don't know, the amount of pure disdain that Betts holds in his heart against Derrick Henry is equal to the amount of pure love that I hold in my heart for Kyler Murray. <laughs> so it takes a lot for him to say I that. I have come around. I will say that. All right. Um, let's see. What do we got? We got, you know what? I'm going to take Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs has been a clear-cut RB1 as a rookie. Next year, he'll be a sophomore again. I'm looking for these guys that are going to get bumps next year by a little bit since we're looking a year in advance. Uh, I think Josh Jacobs definitely could be one of those, and he could be one of the elites next year. Alrighty, Hopefully he does take a step forward. I have him a lot in Dynasty. Uh, this is the last pick of the first round, and then Okada, we will snake, so I will go back to 201, and then we can go from there. Um, All right. At the 112, man, how can you argue with Devontae Adams, uh, a guy that everyone ranked either one or two this season in drafts, and for good reason. We're finally seeing him now back healthy after the toe injury. So he is my one, uh, 112 last pick of the first round. And then on to 2.01, uh, I'm going to stick with the wide receiver here, pulling up my list of names. I'm going to go with Cooper Cup. Um, your guy, oh! one that you love, and I kind of wanted to, to take him from you. Dang it! But I don't believe that the Rams' offense is going to be what it was, or has been, I should say, this season so far. I still don't think Jared Goff is that bad. Uh, man, it's been ugly. But I think he will improve. I trust Sean McVay. I trust the connection between Goff and Cooper Cup, so I will take him at 2.01. Okay. We have to take a quick pause, Betts. Uh, because I... I well, I wrote the Rams Seahawks game this this week for work. Yes. And I was looking into Jared Goff to come up with some interesting stats for him. So I found this one and I have to quiz you. Oh god. Jared Goff versus top 15 pass defenses versus Jared Goff versus every other team. Okay. How how many fewer pass yards would you guess that he averages per game against top 15 pass defenses? I mean the way you're setting this up it has to be a big number. But just take a guess at what you think would be reasonable. I would say 100 yards less. 182 oh my fewer yards. Oh, that's not good. Oh, my gosh. This guy is a hot mess when it counts or when the pass defense is even mildly good. Um, yeah, he's he's. they've got to figure some stuff out. I agree with you there. So good call. I just had to share that. That's horrific. Stupid stat. All right, man. Back to you. Uh, it's to me. Okay. I'm looking at a at two running backs, and I'm really tempted by both. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go the more interesting route. I'm gonna take Austin Eckler. Ooh, that is yeah, a yeah, bold yeah. Call. Here's the thing, Betts. He is the number three uh, running back by points per game, with Melvin Gordon there for half the year so far. Uh, I think there's a very good chance Melvin Gordon is not. When it comes to 2020. And <laughs> yes. uh, and that means more Austin Eckler. And he's really good when he gets the ball in his hand. So give it to him. Yeah. Give it to me. Yeah, yeah. A sneaky guy that, um, you know, could be, could really honestly end up in the first round of drafts next year. So I don't mind that call at all. At 2.3, I'm going back to the wide receiver group. Tyreek Hill, uh, what is there to say? He is Patrick Mahomes' number one receiver. I will take uh, the Cheetah. 
Mm, that's a good one. Uh, all right, I'm going to go to the wide receiver position as well then. Correct me if I'm wrong, Betts, but we still have not taken Mike Evans. That is correct. Then I will take Mike Evans because I want both Buccaneers wide receivers apparently. Uh, and he is nearly as good as Godwin will be, I think, next year. Right now, he's pretty much right there with him. Um, yeah, give me both these guys. Yeah, I can't. Hopefully, they keep Jameis. Yes. Do you think they actually do? <sighs> Probably. I think so. Well, I hope you're right because I had to trade for him from you in our Dynasty League that we play in together. And I was really in need of a quarterback, too, in a Superflex League. So I hope you're correct. Hopefully that wasn't just a one, uh, one-year one trade. We will see. Um, all right, back to me. I'm going with Amari Cooper here with this draft pick. I mean, the, the connection between he and Dak has been fantastic. I mean, the numbers speak for themselves with what he's done in his time as a Dallas Cowboy. Uh, I will take Amari here at this spot. We have not yet drafted Leonard Fournette. That is correct. Uh, and I will take him. He is the other half of the Derrick Henry mold. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now, the two of them are basically performing at the same level. So I'm happy to get him here uh, we're halfway through the second round. Alrighty, And I'm going to go right back to the running back core here. This is the pick 2.07. I'm going to take Chris Carson, um, a guy that they just love. Like You could have told me that he would have fumbled what is it, six, seven times now this season? And I would have been like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, he's gone. Like, moving on, he was a later-round pick. There's not much tied to him as far as his, his contract and everything. Uh, but, man, they have gone back to him time after time after time, and I think that they love him in their offense. Of course, it's a run-first offense. I will take Chris Carson at 2.07. This is a tough spot. Um, I'm going to switch over and take the first tight end. I'm going to take Travis Kelsey. Why not? You know how I like to get my elite tight ends. I do. I don't know that it's worked out for you, though, so far this year. He's been great! Yeah, but for what you had to pay to get him at the second round? or the, Like, by the time drafts came around last year, he was at, like, the turn of the first and second round. If you happen to get Austin Hooper super late, then it probably didn't pay off. But he, right. But compared to any other tight end to where you had to get them, I think he's paid off. All right. Sticking with your guns This there. is my opinion. <laughs> it's, hey, you're entitled to it. Uh, I'm going to go with go a guy ahead. that I can't believe is still on the board at this point. Julio Jones. It hasn't been the year that we yep. thought it would be. But, you know, this is what happens. You know, the guys have a down year, then they come, become a value the next season. So at the back end of round two, I am totally good to get Julio Jones. We're on to pick 210. You have two left. I have one left. Yeah, that was going to probably be my next pick. Uh, now I am torn between two young receivers that I want to consider. I'm going to consider the one that I think is actually just better on his own and probably actually has a better quarterback situation. That's Kenny Galladay. I'm going to go with Kenny Galladay. I think there's a great chance he's an elite wide receiver one next year. Uh, Matthew Stafford was balling out before he got hurt. So I think they could be a great combo again. Yeah, he was. And, you know, kind of quietly playing the best of his career, which has been surprising given that they want to run the ball uh, a ton there. So, yes, uh, I like that call as well on Kenny G., uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and stick with the wide receiver position. Um, I'm going to take someone that everyone drafted in round one, and that is Odell Beckham Jr. I don't think that this Ooh. negative trend continues with you know the way we project Baker Mayfield, the way we projected this offense. Obviously, it hasn't been great. Maybe we were just one year too early or three years too early, it seems like, for the past <laughs> few years. Uh, I think Odell gets back on track as the one in that offense next year. 
Um, is this my last pick, or do I have two more? No, this is it. Ooh. Oh, I'm really tempted to take Lamar Jackson just for the fun of it, but that's just a bad idea, guys. Don't do it. Look at where you got Lamar Jackson this year, and that's why you know why you don't. Uh, so instead, I will take. I'm going to take James Conner. I'm going to say that this, once again, with Big Ben back next year, this offense has to get better. Uh, similar to the Browns situation, I think that they're going to take a step forward and Connor will be elite. And for the same reason, Julio, or sorry, not Julio, uh, Juju, close to yep. that turn there for you? Yeah. All right. Love it. I like that that call there as well as a bounce back for the Steelers. Um, do you know what James Connor's contract situation is? Uh, I do not, but I can pull it up while you make your pick. Uh, that was it. <laughs> that was the last pick of the draft? That was the last pick of the draft. Oh, yeah, because I went first and then we switched it. Yes. Um, yeah, uh, I if if he is still there as the starter next year, I will like that pick. Um, but I'm still, like, I'm not convinced that they, they believe in him uh, long-term to be the guy. I mean, it's been a short sample size. Uh, we haven't really seen much this season, obviously, because of injury. Can he hold up to a full bell cow workload? We will see. Uh, but, you know, if, if the offense bounces back the way you think it will, then he will be a steal at the back of the second round. Yeah, and for context, he is signed through 2020 on a very tiny 9.3, no, 934000 not even $9 $934,000 wow. $934, deal. So I'm sure that they'll want to keep him and probably ride him and then maybe give him a contract if he earns it. Yeah, definitely a bargain for them. All right, man, we are going to get over into the news here in a second. Before we do, I want to remind everyone about our awesome sponsor of today's show. That is FantasyGo.com. These guys are crushing it. Uh, David is the owner of FantasyGo.com, and he has been great to us, uh, helping us promote their work and vice versa. So we like that a lot. And you should like them as well because this is the place to go. If you need help for your lineup, maybe you can't listen to all these podcasts in your free time. Maybe you're busy. You can, and I'm going to put this in air quotes if you're on video, you can see, uh, you can hire someone, and the reason I'm putting it in air quotes is because it's right right now it's free. Like all they want to do is get their name out there. They're trying to see if people like their product, so it's it's worth checking out. You go to fantasygo.com. You find the analyst that you want to work with. Uh, I would recommend searching Matthew B. Again, no bias at all with that. Uh, and your analyst can help you set your lineup, make waiver claims, etc. So uh, it's an awesome platform. And the nice thing about it too is. You know, they, they have this, they call it concierge mode. And essentially, you can chat back and forth with the analyst throughout the week and really kind of pick their brain about their thought process and their decision making and all that kind of thing. So, check those guys out, fantasygo.com. All right, Okada, let's get over into the news. I got great news, guys. Oh, news. Hey, news, news, All right, Okada, this one starts off with some injury updates. So I'm going to kick this one off here. T.Y. Hilton just came out today. This is a Wednesday evening. We're recording this, saying that he is not sure if he's going to return this season. And, you know, I, I talked about T.Y. Hilton on the Monday episode, which, you know, if you're new to the show, on Mondays I do an injury recap and I preview some players coming back from injury so that you are ready to make those waiver claims for the week. And I said, you can drop T.Y. Hilton. I'm very very worried about him if he plays at all he will not be in my lineups I have him in a few places and I have since dropped him in places where I don't have him uh in an injured reserve spot so you know these calf strains when they recur any soft tissue injury we're talking about a muscle strain the re-injury rate is very high and when you re-injure it it is going to take much longer to get back on the field as we're seeing here with T.Y. Hilton and essentially for fantasy football purposes uh his season is over 
I'm going to kick it over to you, Okada. Talk to me about the fallout of this injury. Um, talk to me about the pass catchers there in Indy. Talk to me about Jacoby Brissett. Uh, certainly does not help Jacoby Brissett. I think it, without Ty out there, it makes it much less viable to start him, even as a you know reliable QB two. Uh, it does probably help some pass catchers. It's a little tough to determine who because there's not really an elite wide receiver two. There is a Jack Doyle, uh, and I actually like his prospects a lot. Uh, moving forward with Hilton out. And the running backs, as we've talked about several times, bets could certainly benefit. So depending on who is healthy in a given week, I would look at that direction as well. Uh, even Naheem Hines can be a decent PPR, flexi-type guy uh, with those targets to go around. So flexi. Mm. <laughs> like Tom Brady. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, I think I agree with you there. You know, the the biggest takeaway, I I think, is Jack Doyle. Uh, really, you know, with Eric Ebron injury as well, being uh, a locked in, I think, tight end one for your playoff matchups here moving forward. So I like that call. Another injury update, Carrion Johnson returned to practice today. Uh, he is not eligible, however, to play until week 16. Remember, he is coming off uh, of an injury from the middle of the season. Eight weeks is the, the minimum on injured reserve. And so this practice report is exciting, yes, but, you know, you can't really... You can't really get too excited. I mean, he doesn't come back till week 16, and are you going to trust him in your fantasy playoffs? Okada, what say you? Yeah. Uh, it, it, who are they playing in week 16? Let's look real quick. They're playing the Broncos. Uh, they're playing the Broncos. That doesn't inspire much confidence. So, yeah, it's pretty rough. I, I think this is maybe more of a, a long-term uh, get Betts' injury opinion. Do we think that heading into next year he'll be fully reliable from that standpoint, or is he going to get knocked down a little bit for you? Yeah, I mean, we talked about it a little while back when this injury first happened, um, and it's it's a situation where I'm more nervous than I would have been if we were talking about this, you know, last year. Um, last year he had another knee injury. This year he's got another one that put him on IR. Um, you know, it's it's a situation where I don't like to see these recurring themes with players. Now, am I going to run away from Carry On Johnson and drafts? No, I'm not. But I think, you know, the Lions are seeing this and um, the Redskins have seen this with Darius Geis. You can't just keep doing this over and over and over if the player can't prove he's healthy. And so for me, it's all about draft value next year for Kerryon Johnson. Certainly, I like that he's back out there in practice doing things. You know, the team is obviously not going to make the playoffs. So uh, it's it's encouraging from that standpoint. I think it tells us he's going to be full go for the offseason program, which I like when talking about guys coming back from injuries. So I'm not running away, but I'm definitely not going to be telling people that you can have 100% confidence in on Johnson. Fair enough. Sad, but fair. <laughs> <laughs> On to uh, another depressing note. Cam Newton <laughs> to undergo foot surgery for his midfoot sprain. Unfortunately, it just didn't go the way it was supposed to. Uh, didn't rehab and you know heal the way it was supposed to. And so this is what happens. You know, you trial conservative care, via physical therapy, via rehab. And when it doesn't go right, sometimes surgery is the way to go. So for Cam Newton here, he is looking like he is going to be facing about a three to four month recovery program. That's out there in the news. I'm a little bit more skeptical on that timeline. These midfoot sprains can be problematic long-term and can take a long time to get back from. We saw that with Hollywood Brown. You know, He didn't do much in training camp and was a, a slower kind of start to the season I know he had a lot of production but he didn't play a ton of snaps he just hit on those snaps in a big big way so you know they're saying March he's good to go I'm going to be telling people this offseason not so fast 
Mm. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing. Coach Ron Rivera fired. That was the final straw for me that they're not going back to the past, the the Cam Newton era. This is now Kyle Allen's team, or maybe they draft another guy and see what they have in him as well. But whatever it is, I don't think it's Cam. I think they're done, uh, and I think they go a different direction next year. So all you dynasty owners, I don't really know what to tell you. This is going to get really interesting next year to see what happens with him. Yeah, do you think it's Kyle Allen? <sighs> I don't. I it think they probably good. start with Kyle Allen. Yeah, but here's the thing. Kyle Allen was not expecting to be the starter coming into this year. They're going to have a whole offseason with him. I think they, you know, intentionally prepare to have him as the quarterback, see how that goes, try it out for a season. Maybe they do draft a guy in like the fourth, fifth round, but I don't think it's Cam either way. And let's not forget either Will Greer, uh, still on the roster, kid out Mm -hmm. of West Virginia. And one of the reasons they were saying they fired Ron Rivera is because of his uh personnel i think the quote was like personnel issues or or usage i forget what the word was but essentially i'm reading into that and say maybe we see will greer down the stretch who knows we will see um certainly for your dj Moore shares i would hope not um (laughs) next next piece of news here and then we will move on to our game previews ronald jones was a guy that i put some money on to hit the over on his 47 and a half rushing yards this past week. Oh gosh. He did not. Uh, it was an absolutely horrific performance. And the reason he had a horrific performance was because Peyton Barber carried the ball, uh, for what was it? 44 yards, but two touchdowns, the absolute worst possible scenario for Ronald Jones. And the reason he wasn't out there is because Arians is saying he missed a pickup in blitz protection. Now, this is an issue for me, Okada. If if you miss one block and you get pulled out of the game, can you ever trust that running back again? I mean, never. It's pretty much, it's clear, just actually cut him. Why would you even keep him on your team at all at that point? Uh, no, listen. Ronald Jones has not been a good pass protector ever that I know of. Uh, certainly not in college. So this is not too surprising. I don't know why Bruce Arians is freaking out about it. Uh, I guess he's trying to punish him to make him get better at it. But he also did say that Ronald is expected to be the starter. So I don't think it necessarily affects anything going into a given week, except that we still don't know if he's going to always be the lead back. I feel like any given week, Peyton Barber can be the guy, can vulture carries, and I think it really limit Ronald Jones' upside. So that is the big takeaway here is that Bruce is willing to just get rid of you if you do a silly thing like this. (laughs) Yeah. Payne Barber is the worst part about fantasy football. Like, get <laughs> out of here. You're not good. And he's just ruining everything. I will say, in a very deep dynasty league, I had to desperation start him, and that was fun. Uh, but outside of nice. that, man, like, wh- no, just stop. But for Rojo, I mean, you got to the playoffs, presumably without starting him much, maybe a week or two here or there. I'm okay keeping as a, him as a bench stash, but you're not playing this week. No question about it. Uh, certainly will not be ranked as an RB2 in my rankings at all for this week. All right, Okada, it's week 14. It is round one of the fantasy playoffs. We got to preview some games. Let's get over into the first one. We are talking about Thursday night football, the Dallas Cowboys at 6-6 six and six, taking on the Chicago Bears at 6-6. Six and six. I didn't think I'd be saying those records, honestly, uh, when the season started, but here we are. The Cowboys, for whatever reason, do not want to take control of the NFC East. They keep giving my Eagles <laughs> hope, which... Uh, don't even get me started. What are we gonna What are we gonna do with the, the offenses here, Okada? It's been rough uh, for the the Bears. Let's start there. Mitch Trubisky 
has been up and down. He's been more up recently in his last couple of weeks. Is he a QB two starter in a super flex league? Yeah, I think that's I think that's a pretty fair place to put him. Um, I think that they probably have to throw a decent bit in this game. Although I don't think they're going to want to. I think that both sides would rather just kind of keep it grim, gr- uh, grimy, gritty, gritty. Let's go gritty with grimy. And slow. I like grimy better. Grimer. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think he, I think he has an okay game. Certainly not close to the QB one range that he's kind of been the last couple of weeks, and both those matchups kind of lent uh, themselves to that. So those made sense. This is not so much one of those. I think he's more on the low end QB two range. Yeah, his success, like you were talking about, coming against Detroit twice and the Giants. So uh, I agree, way more matchup based than anything. I will not be yep. looking his way at all in this matchup. Um, as far as the the over under, you know, you talked about it being a grimy game or a gritty game. Mm-hmm. It is at forty three, so it's Ugh. it's not expected to be a high scoring affair by any means. And I think for that reason, I'm a little bit more hesitant about the offensive weapons in this matchup. Let's talk about David Montgomery, fifteen plus touches in six straight games, the second most carries inside the five yard line in the league. Uh, kind of a surprising stat. Mm. Is he on your RB two radar for the first round of the playoffs? Uh, he's on the radar. Yes. I would say he's on the back end of the RB two radar for me. Um, in fact, let's pull up my rankings right quick. Uh, so I can make sure where I have him, but 27, there you go. So he's right at, he's on the radar, but not actually in the range for me right now. He could sneak up to that uh, sort of area, but I'd rather have him as a flex. Yeah, I agree. I've got him in my flex rankings as well. 26 in my running back rankings on the week. Certainly, in the conversation to be in your starting lineup. It, it of course, it depends on your other matchups uh, and other options that you have. Tariq Cohen uh, has played over 50% of the snaps in four straight games, which I feel like is surprising to say. I don't know why. But, you know, this this Cowboys defense is mostly a zone defense. Leighton Vander Ash is going to be out again, their star linebacker. The league's sixth most catches and eighth most receiving yards come against the Cowboys. Okada, can I talk you into Tariq Cohen in a PPR format? You can certainly talk me into putting him in my lineup because he is definitely a flex-worthy guy uh, in a PPR league. So if if that's the measure, then yes. If you're trying to talk me in an RB2 range, I'm going to say no. Uh, in fact, I'd have him below Montgomery, but he is flexible for sure. You, after 100 shows, can read my mind because I was going to say PPR, Montgomery, or Cohen, and you answered that question with Montgomery, and I would agree as well. Allen Robinson yep, yep. has been solid. I think he's an RB2 for, for me this week. Any disagreement for you? Or a wide receiver, too. Solid. Anthony Miller exploded on Thanksgiving last week, and I know that you made a decision at the last second to put him into your Scott Fishbowl lineup, yes! which worked very well. Uh, but yep. again, that was the that was the Lions. Not a great matchup. Uh, or yep. I should say a great matchup because they're so porous on their secondary the Cowboys have a been a little defense. bit more more stingy, yes. But I will say this. Slot wide receivers have crushed Dallas. Julian Edelman, 8 for 93. Danny Amendola, not great, 4 for 47. But Cole Beasley, 6 for 110 and Ooh. 1 touchdown over the past three games. Yep. Are you willing to roll Anthony Miller out there as a flex? Uh, it's week 14, the, got to win. Here's my main problem, Bets. If I say yes, then I feel like I have to raise my ranking of Mitchell Trubisky because we said Tariq Cohen will catch the balls. We said Allen Robinson is solid. And now we're saying Anthony Miller is going to be solid as well. Ah, And I don't want to do that. So I'm going to probably say that Anthony Miller comes down to earth a little bit here. 
he can still have like a 60, 65 yard, five, six catch game, but I don't think he's going to be like a wide receiver two like he was. Well, he's better than that last week, but close to that range. Yeah. And one thing too about him, you know, in his rookie season, seven receiving touchdowns, he has yet to catch one this year. It's going to mm. happen. It's going to happen. Positive regression. When is it going to happen? That's, that's the question. How lucky do you feel? I will certainly be playing him in some DFS lineups in the showdown slate. But I think for you know season-long redraft, I agree with you. Uh, no buys this week. There's probably better options out there. So that's our temperature on Chicago. On the Dallas side of the ball, Dak Prescott is playing absolutely uh, amazingly for fantasy football. He's been great with the exception of the Patriots game. We've seen them take a step forward with their passing attack. But the Bears um, are a very good defense as far as their secondary. They haven't really played good run defense, but their secondary is still playing well. They've given up just one top 12 performance to a QB in fantasy this season. Man, it's tough. If you've if you've had Dak in your lineup all year, how can you take him out in the first round of the playoffs? Okada, can you give people confidence to take him out of the lineup? Uh, well, if it gives you enough confidence, listeners, I have him as my quarterback 13, which technically means he should be out of your lineup uh, if you're in a 12-team league. But he is right there on the fringe. Here's, a, here's my main concern, Betts. He has pretty much gone as the Cowboys have gone when facing decent or better teams. When he's played good teams this year, he has not been as effective and the Cowboys have lost. And when they've faced bad teams, he has shredded them and the Cowboys have won. The tough thing about this game is I'm not sure where the Bears fall in that range because they're 6-6 six and six and they have a great defense but a horrible offense. It's really hard to tell. But I do not feel great about Dak in this one. Uh, I think it's a little bit more of a Zeke game. You mentioned the run defense is not as good. Uh, and so I'm going to lean away from Dak if I can. 12 guys above him. It's not that many. but Yeah, I, I think I agree with you. I've got him right now at 14 in my initial ranks. I'm certainly looking at other options. You know, his his good games have come at home for sure. And when you look at his road performances in three of the six games, he's been a top 12 quarterback. In the other three, he is not. Whereas at home, he's been a top eight fantasy QB in every single game. So, yeah, mm. I, I don't love Dak this week. It's it's tough to start him. Um, let's give some context. Ryan Tannehill or Dak Prescott? Oh, that's not even close, Betts. What do you mean asking me if the best quarterback in the league or Dak Prescott should be in my starting lineup? <laughs> this is straight foolishness. Uh, no, but in, <laughs> in all seriousness, Ryan Tannehill, I don't know what's going on over there. He is really good right now for fantasy and real life, and he is my number eight quarterback in the week, so I will take him over Dak pretty easily. All right, fair enough. How about Ryan Fitzpatrick? <laughs> uh, pre- Dak. Okay. Uh, Fitzpatrick, a great matchup this week taking on the Jets. True. Uh, friend of the show and writer Kevin in the, the live chat here wants to know, Who's your top quarterback streamer for the week if you're sitting Dak? Is it Ryan Tannehill? It it probably would be Ryan Tannehill, yes. Because, well, I don't know if people consider him a streamer anymore. They probably still do and shouldn't. But I have him as my QB8, and I think he'd normally be outside that range. So he'd be my guy. Yeah, he was available in a couple of my leagues on the waiver wire. I scooped him up, especially um, this week with the matchup that he has is going to be good news against the Raiders. So, uh, yeah, if he's out there, pick him up and play him. I agree with you on that. All right, man, on to the pass catchers there. Amari Cooper, I feel like it's so tough to trust him in this matchup, but you have to play him. Um, The differences between home and and road are huge. 126.3 yards on average at home, 35.5 average on the road. Uh, You have to play Amari, right? No. 
Oh, I love it. I'm. I mean, it depends on how far down the the have to goes, but yeah, I don't think that's a fluke, Betts. We've seen this thing from Amari Cooper throughout his career where he just ha- has all kinds of bad games mixed in with his all kinds of great games. And this year, at least, I don't remember if it was like this for the Raiders. I think it might have been. It's It's been on the road that he's been struggling, and he's on the road in cold, nasty. I don't know if it'll be snowing. I haven't looked at the weather report. I haven't uh, But chi- Chicago, windy weather. Um, the against City. that defense, exactly. Uh, how much windier could you get? <laughs> uh, no, I do not feel good about Amari Cooper uh, at all. Y- yes, he's gonna fall into your you know flex range for sure if he doesn't slide into the wide receiver two for you. He's not gonna be maybe out of your lineup, but where you've been expecting a top ten guy from him uh, or top ten week from him all year, I have him as my wide receiver twenty five. That's not even in wide receiver two range. In case you can do the math. <laughs> yeah, thanks for the math. You're welcome. There, um, You're welcome. I I think you know. So this is a Thursday game, right? And I like the advantage of being able it to is. play a guy and then see what happens. And so if Mari smashes, like great, you're set up for a good week, and you'll probably win your matchup. If he doesn't, you know what to do with your flex on Sunday. Maybe you play a guy like I don't know a Robbie Anderson who can go off for 120 and two, or maybe a guy like AJ Brown in a good matchup who can smash. So. Um, yeah, maybe that helps you kind of set your lineup later in the week. I'm still okay with him in my lineup, but man, certainly temper expectations. And with Dak, you know, expected to struggle, certainly we're not looking in Cobb's direction or Gallup. Would you agree? Uh, ideally not. Gallup actually pretty close to Cooper in my rankings, still below him, but only five spots below him. So I think there's less of a gap by far than there normally is, but I don't expect either to be great. All right. Uh, and then of course, Zeke, you're playing him now. Worth noting, the team could get Akeem Hicks back in the lineup. He is one of the best run stoppers in the league for the Bears. And so when he's been out, I mean, teams are just shredding this Bears defense on the ground. So if he is back in the lineup, again, maybe not a smash spot for Zeke, but certainly you're, you're starting him, uh, no questions asked. Next matchup here, we were talking about the Carolina Panthers without Ron Rivera taking on the Atlanta Falcons. Now we'll start on the, the Falcons side of the ball with a couple of injury updates. It is looking like... Austin Hooper could be back this week. He did return to practice earlier this week. Um, News reports coming out of Atlanta say he is on track to play. We will see, though, as the week goes on. And, of course, I will update you all in my weekly injury preview article, which drops on the site on Saturday. Uh, As well on the the Atlanta side of the ball, injury to talk about, we will talk about Julio Jones coming back from that AC joint injury. I think he plays. He was pretty close on Thanksgiving. He's a gamer. He always plays through injury. He wants to play. The only question mark is... Um, if he takes a hit on the top of the shoulder, he could be rolled out. And then, of course, you are kind of screwed. So it's it's tough to talk about predicting re-injury. It's, it's tough to predict the stats of far, as far as his risk of re-injury. But it's a, it's a guy like Julio Jones who, you know, you, you just you can't sit him. I mean, hopefully you agree with me, Okada, on that. Uh, I do, yeah. I, I'm on board. All right. Uh, and then, you know, I, I think... I think the pass catchers are easy to talk about. Julio's a start. I think Calvin Ridley, you know, this the secondary is certainly the strength of Carolina, but we have seen wide receiver twos have very, very good games. I think throughout the year, I've been more of a Calvin Ridley guy compared to you, but mm-hmm. are you willing to play him this week? Because I know I certainly am. I am. He's actually one spot ahead of Amari Cooper for me right now. So he is the, a wide receiver two, just barely, but I will roll. Will, uh, yeah, I'll roll him out there. All right. So we have those two guys starting. Obviously, if Hooper is active, you are starting him. 
Mm-hmm. <sighs> Devonta Freeman, man, it has been Ooh. a rough season. Rough. Like, you could have told me he was going to have a bad year, and I say, okay, maybe he's like, what, RB30? He is like not even on the the radar when you click on the fantasy points total on the season because of injury and because of poor performance. This offensive line is horrific, cannot run the ball to save their lives. But equally as bad, the Carolina run defense cannot stop anyone. If you saw what happened last week, you saw Darius Geis and Adrian Peterson absolutely gash this defense on the ground without Don Terry Poe. So, uh, Okada, which side wins out? Freeman or the Carolina Rush defense? I'm going to say Freeman, but not by much. I think he has a solid game, not a great game. Uh, We were really hoping for more work, uh, or well, I would say more success in the receiving game last week against the Saints. He had five targets, but he only took them for 13 yards. So I want to see more of that, and I think that he can actually get a little bit more going on the ground. Listen, he could have his best game in five weeks and still only have like 50 yards and... Uh, 20 receiving and that's not really that great for you but I think he has his best game I think he has one of his top three games of the year and that could give you 80 yards in the ground 20 yards in the air and a touchdown I hope you're right that's actually better than solid yeah so that's, that's, that's like an RB1 great. performance <laughs> yeah. maybe not a touchdown yeah I, we'll see I'm nervous man like the matchup just looks so good. You know, when you go in your, your fantasy football app, you click on the, the matchup, it's green because it's Carolina. But the context is so important with these matchups. I mean, Freeman, dude, like, if he doesn't get five catches and 50 yards, it's not going to happen. I, I don't care how bad this defense is on the ground, and it makes me super nervous. So I'm going to have him probably as a back-end RB2 flex category type of guy. When my rankings come out, and uh, and certainly you know you can talk about starting him, but maybe you have another strong wide receiver play. I would go that direction personally. Go ahead, Devontae Freeman or Miles Sanders? Miles Sanders, assuming Jordan Howard's out, which I think he will be. All right, we I mean we he's played what eighty four percent of the snaps over the past three games, and people always talk about Doug Peterson not being a, a you know a one quarterback type of guy. We're seeing it now with Sanders, and it's been paying off. He's been looking great. I would roll with Sanders personally. Uh, Matt Ryan, any interest in going back to him as a starter this week? Uh, a little bit of interest, yeah. I think he'll be okay. I, I wouldn't consider him amongst my QB1 conversation, but he's a mid-range QB2, maybe high-range QB2 if he has a nice game. Agreed. I've got him at 15 right now. Uh, not in my lineup, but certainly consideration depending on your options. On the Carolina side of the ball, of course, you're starting Christian McCaffrey. Of course, you're starting DJ Moore. He has been on fire recently. Absolutely on fire. Uh, a must start, in my opinion. Greg Olson is dealing with injury. He is in the concussion protocol. I don't think we see him this week. Okada, talk to me about Ian Thomas. Ooh. Uh, a guy who has shown some flashes for fantasy throughout his very short career. He was a rookie last year. Uh, has not shown anything this year at all whatsoever. So, very tough to project. He did have four catches on four targets for 24 yards last week uh, with Olsen's exit. But, uh, listen, he's he's at the bottom end of the polished turd, dear bets. I don't know how better <laughs> to tell it to you. He's going to be a guy who gets some targets. Uh, and when that happens and you're a tight end, you get into the polished turd, dear. So, he's there. If, um, but I don't feel confident at all. Yeah, it's Atlanta. That's my only my only statement you know it's Atlanta they give it up through the air 
Um, certainly he is going to be in that conversation as a 10 to 15 type of rankings guy. So, of course, it depends on your options, but he is a startable asset this week. When you look at the passing attack for Carolina, we wanted to get on Curtis Samuel's bandwagon early. He was having a ton of air yards, deep targets, but it's been DJ Moore as of late. However, last week, Samuel did find the end zone. Talk to me about your temperature on Curtis Samuel, because he's a guy that I'm more looking at for next season. He's a guy I'm going to be on for next season. We're going to see a step forward, I think, if they can get a solid quarterback there. But for this week, I don't know if I can trust him in round one of the playoffs. Yeah. um, Trust is a hard word because he has not been ultra-reliable. But I will say, looking forward to next season, I think that these last few weeks – he kind of takes he kind of has a solid finish to this season and catapults himself into next. His matchups, including this week uh, for the rest of the year, the Falcons, uh, Seahawks, and Colts. I think he can exploit all of those. I think that he has decent games at least in all of those. And I think that this one in particular, he could have a really strong game. So I'm gonna consider him close to the wide receiver two range. Not in it, but close to it to where you're you feel pretty good flexing him. Yeah. I think I I'm with you. You know, as far as that uh, breakdown as well. Uh, anything else in this game you want to talk about, or can we move on to Lamar Jackson? Uh, always move on to Lamar Jackson. Yes. That's the number one rule. Uh, my best take for the week: start Lamar Jackson. <laughs> mm. Man, what what can you say? Uh, obviously, locked in your lineup without hesitation. I will say the Buffalo defense is giving up the third fewest pass uh, yards per pass attempt, I should say, in the league. So. For Lamar Jackson, it may be a little bit more of a rough game through the air, but with the rushing, I mean, my goodness, how can you not start him? Obviously, he's in there. Mark Ingram, again, is a very strong play, as he usually is, because of the dynamic you know, makeup of the offense. What Lamar Jackson does, I can't even put into words how important it is for Mark Ingram. You see this defense struggling to, to figure out the zone read. Are they going to give it to Ingram? Or is, is Lamar Jackson going to keep it? Maybe he keeps it and then he pitches it. Like It's just so fun to watch. It's you know, it's a college offense, it feels like, from five years ago when they used to do this stuff, and no one can stop it. So the only question I have for you is not if you're starting Mark Ingram. How high is he in your ranks? Ooh, let's take a quick gander. Uh, I have met 15 right now. I could see that going up. I There's a lot of good running backs this week that I like. When the bye weeks go away, you know, it's tough. Things get... Yeah, things get wild. And by the way, can we just pause and reflect on the fact that the running back position is actually quite nice this year? It's great. Uh, I feel like it's been it. awful lately. <laughs> yeah. And Mark Ingram is a great part of that. You know, he he's typically a back-end running back, too, at best. Maybe he was going to get a good game here and there with the Saints. Now he is one of the most reliable guys uh, in the league. So big trust. Uh, put him in my lineup. <laughs> Oh, I'm so happy that was on video for people yep. to see. Yep. Yep. Uh, did you see Justin Tucker do that last week? Uh, yes, I did. That Justin was... Tucker is one of my 10 favorite players in the league, so I see everything interesting that he does. That is fantastic. Um, I think top 15 is way too low. I've got him at 8. This Woo! Buffalo defense is wow. extremely soft on the ground. Um, they play a ton of, you know, don't beat me deep type of defense. You know, they, they sit back in zone. They drop back and allow you to work underneath, and they allow you to run against the softest boxes in the league. You know, other teams will sell out to stop the run, namely like the Eagles come to mind for me. But the Bills are the exact opposite. They stop deep plays down the field. So for that reason, this is a, such a good segue, Okada. For that reason, I'm very high on Ingram. I am lower 
on Marquise Brown. Talk to me about Hollywood. Ah, yeah. Definitely the uh, strength of the Bills defense would be stopping Marquise Brown. And I think that they will do a pretty good job of it. I will stay away from him actually uh, pretty easily. Uh, You don't have to convince me. And I would much rather, and if you gave me straight up flex option, I would much rather have Mark Andrews uh, than Marquise Brown here. He's down, ooh, he's my wide receiver 43 right now. So, no thanks. That's good. Uh, yeah, I'm actually not too far away from you. I don't know why I scoffed at that. I'm at 38, so uh, I'm nervous about him as well this week. But it's so tough to rank him. Like, it's one pass, and he's in the end zone. So yep. hard Definitely. to rank, but, you know, certainly in my matchup, I'm not trusting him. Mark Andrews is, of course, in your lineup. How about on the other side of the ball here with Buffalo? Josh Allen just gets it done week after week after week, regardless of matchup. But this is a tough one, especially through the air. Can you trust Josh, Josh Allen? Yes, I think that he has actually a really good game. He's my QB7. I think that they're going to have to throw, uh, I think, successfully, because I think they're going to upset the Ravens. Hot take. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that primarily you get your fantasy value from him from 50 yards and a touchdown on the ground in this game. So I'm very happy to start Josh Allen. Yeah, he's similar to Lamar, and, and I don't want to say that because they're not the same player, but similar in that he provides so much value on the ground that – I think even in a tough matchup for passing, certainly he will have a high enough floor on the ground to be a startable asset. I'm going to go back to this comp because I feel like it's a question people are asking. Do you play your boy, Ryan Tannehill, or do you play Josh Allen? Uh, Let me double check before I say something silly. Ooh, right now I have Tannehill one spot behind Josh Allen. I'm very tempted to switch it. I may consider it, but right now it's, it's Josh Allen. All right. Uh, as far as the pass catchers, certainly a downgrade there for John Brown. He's been solid. He's been really consistent all season. We've seen some boom weeks, but we've seen a lot of just solid, like, you know, five or six for 70 or five or six for 60 yards. Uh, man, I, I don't even know what to do with him this week. I've got him right now at wide receiver 32. Ooh. Uh, I'm, I'm just nervous about Josh Allen passing the football in this game. Can you convince me otherwise? Because the secondary for Baltimore has been so solid recently. Um, Well, I don't know if I can convince you otherwise because he's actually not had great games these last couple weeks. He had his best game of the year uh, back in week 11, but that was against the Dolphins. Faced the Broncos and the Cowboys last couple weeks. Definitely better in the, the past defense department and has not been as good. Uh, 39 and 26 receiving yards. So... I think there's a good chance he has a bounce back here. Like I said, I do think that Josh Allen throws in this game and does so successfully. I I haven't ranked much higher than you, but more from a gut than anything else. I think that it's just a situation where he has a good shot at a big play or two, and I feel like he's going to come out and have his typical 70-yard type game and hopefully score. hope you're right. I'm starting him in Scott Fishbowl because I have to. Uh, mm. On to running backs here. Let's talk about... Devin Singletary, a guy that we have talked about as being an RB2 uh, and being someone that maybe we just haven't seen the surface as to what he can do quite yet in this league. But we saw him have a great game on Thanksgiving. And Baltimore, even on paper, like looks difficult, but they've given up almost five yards per carry over their last 10 games. I, I think this is a very sneaky, sneaky good spot for Singletary. Are you with me on the rookie? 100%. He is... Extremely efficient. He is extremely explosive. He can do things in the passing game. We saw him 
Uh, saw him have three catches for 38 yards and a touchdown last week against the Cowboys. Uh, everything for me points to throw Singletary into your lineup this week. I actually like him quite a bit. All right, love it. Anyone else in this game you want to talk about, or can we move on to Detroit and Minnesota? Uh, any interest in Dawson Knox? No. All right, fair enough. <laughs> then let's move on. <laughs> on to Lions and Vikings. Um, let's start on the Lions side of the ball because I feel like we can keep it short. I have absolutely zero interest, almost negative interest, in Bo Scarborough in my lineup. Can you convince me otherwise? No, and I will not try. All right, let's not even talk about it as much anymore. Big pass. Uh, David Blau is going to start again in Blau Blau. David Blau in this matchup against the Vikings, who you know they've been pretty soft in the secondary, honestly, this year. I certainly don't think anyone is starting him this week outside of like a deep, you know, deep league with two quarterbacks. But the pass catchers are certainly intriguing. We've seen Kenny Galladay have success most recently last week with Blau under center. Marvin Jones had a good game. But this is a week where I I don't know how to rank them because the matchup, you know, Trey Waynes and Xavier Rhodes, they have just been absolutely eviscerated this year on deep passes. We saw what happened there with Russell Wilson on Monday Night Football. Um, yeah, I, but... David Blau, man, like, oh, God, help. I don't even know what to say. Help. <laughs> uh, here's what I'll say. Kenny Galladay is my wide receiver 15 this week. Maybe that uh, uh, went into my early pick of him in our uh, two-round draft earlier because I just really like him this week especially. But, yeah, I think he has a great game. I don't know what's going on with these corners that should be better, especially Xavier Rhodes. But I think that they can be beat. And I think Blah Blah has the ability uh, blah, blah. to make the throws. <laughs> yeah, we. Uh, I worked that game on Thanksgiving and worked with James Jones. I kid you not, he said Blah Blah like 25 times on our broadcast. So now I can't <laughs> talk about him without calling him Blah Blah. You're just so casual with these, these stars name dropping here. Uh, living that. Well, I mean, I work with them every day. It feels casual to me. Yeah, it is casual, but everyone else is like, "Oh, sweet, James Jones." Um, no, that that's pretty cool, man. Yeah, it's hard to sit him because of what he can do, but it, it does make me nervous there for sure. Um, other update here, just so everyone is aware, T.J. Hawkinson is now on injured reserve with a high ankle sprain, which happened last week, as well. Jeff Driscoll, hamstring injury on injured reserve. Uh, anything else to talk about on the Detroit side of the ball? Nay. All right, Vikings, man. This is the biggest discussion point of the week. Dalvin Cook exited last week with a shoulder injury slash chest injury. Now, this is a situation where I'm going to need everyone to read the article on Saturday because what happens this week Mm. is going to tell you a lot about my confidence in playing him. And I will tell you, as of Wednesday at 5.40 p.m. Eastern, I am nervous as hell about Dalvin Cook this week. And it's the most important week of the year. you got to win to move on in fantasy but this is what's going on. He entered the week questionable. Uh, I shouldn't say questionable. On the injury report, correct myself, injury report uh, with a chest injury. Now, this is from two weeks ago, injured against the Broncos. He's dealing with an SC joint injury, which is your sternoclavicular joint. And for everyone that doesn't understand what that means, that's fine. Basically, it's the, the collarbone and your sternum uh, close to your chest. Same injury Uh, as to what happened with Tyree Kill, or same location, but way less severe. So with Tyree Kill, you know, it was a a life-threatening type of injury where it dislocated backwards, could have compromised his major blood vessels, and of course we know that's not good. But for Dalvin Cook, 
it's it's less severe, but the issue is there is no way he is going to be uh, out there at 100%. He is going to be way less than 100%. He's going to be playing in pain. If he takes one hit to the chest, which for running back, Okada, every play happens, uh, he's going to leave the game. So I don't know where to rank Dalvin Cook. Like, you know, we, we do these competitions, right, for accuracy with rankings and, and that kind of thing. Uh, namely, you're with Fantasy Pros. I'm doing it on FantasyNation.com. But essentially, like, do I rank him as like running back 25 because of the injury risk or do I rank him as RB5 because of what he can do in this matchup, which is extremely soft? That's the injury breakdown. Okada, what do people do with Dalvin Cook? If he is active, you have to put him in your lineup. I don't uh, I don't see a way around it. Well, let me rephrase. If you happen to have two good great running backs and a great flex that you feel safe that you can feel you can safely win with then maybe keep Dalvin Cook out because there's such a good chance that he gets two points and then is out of the game like you said I don't think that's going to be the case very often we're in the playoffs now you need your best players I think you have to start Dalvin Cook honestly bets the thing that I hope for the most is that he doesn't play and we can play Alexander Madison instead because I think that if uh, Cook is out. Madison gets to start. Madison could easily be a top fifteen running back, and that would be much easier to deal with. Yes, uh, Dalvin, please, if you're listening, take this one off, <laughs> Just buddy. Take it off. Take the day off, man. You've been great. Just take it off. You've been great. A little nappy poo. Yeah, um, but it's so tough because the matchup is fantastic. I agree with you. I think you have to start him, but you know, maybe you you hope for like ten carries, sixty yards, and he finds the end zone, and then they pull him, and you know, he doesn't really you know ruin your day but it reduces the re-injury risk so that's that's questionable if madison is the the go-to guy uh i think you would agree he's probably a top 10 play uh yeah he's definitely up there um probably right around there i would say and i also will say even if cook goes madison could be a sneaky flex or a dfs play because a cook could be gone very quickly b the vikings could be winning this game by a lot very early and not want to you know ride cook when they don't need to and instead ride madison so i think there's a good chance he has a good game either way i would definitely consider putting him in a lot of lineups uh but if yeah cook is out he's gonna be very very good yeah uh, i like that call a lot stefan Diggs, i think is a must start in this matchup adam thielen is risky man coming back from the hamstring strain you know for me this is a situation where uh it makes me more confident that they held him out last week we got that news alert on like Sunday at like 2.30, so that was good that you didn't have to wait till Monday Night Football to start him. But, you know, he's been doing more in practice. I've been seeing some reports saying he is progressing well, but we know the story with these hamstring strains. The biggest risk is in the first two weeks back on the field. So, let's play like a name game here with rankings, Okada, because that's that's okay. that's where we're at. Like, Adam Thielen, I don't think is a lock in your lineup, despite the good matchup. So, let's see. Adam Thielen or... Uh, A.J. Brown in a smash spot against the Raiders. Ooh, that is really tough. Um, uh, I'm going to take Adam Thielen, but I do like A.J. Brown. I am taking Thielen as well. Uh, Thielen or Tyler Boyd? Uh, Tyler Boyd. Mm, I'm nervous about Boyd this week. I'm going to still go... I'm going to still go Thielen. Last one. Uh, Thielen... Or Amari Cooper, who has a really tough matchup on Thursday. Thielen. All right. I think I'm. Uh, I think I'm with you there. That gets our temperature on injury risk and some start set decisions there for him. Uh, Kirk Cousins is he a streamer this week? The matchup is fantastic against the Lions. 
He is 100% a streamer this week. Uh, absolutely a QB1 for me. I think he can have a really, really, really good fantasy day. He, he'll do that now and again. Uh, he, he's definitely a top 10 QB. All right. Love it. Let's move on to our next matchup here. We have got the Niners taking on the New Orleans Saints, uh, one of the best matchups of the week. This is kind of one where I don't know if there's really much to talk about, to be honest with you. Um, you know, Alvin Kamara is obviously a start. Michael Thomas is obviously a start. On San Fran's side of the ball, George Kittle is a start. Um, there's question marks at running back, and that's where I want to spend most of our time talking about here with this matchup on San Francisco's side of the ball because everyone and their mother was so excited about Raheem Mostert this week, and I'm not. The, the matchup is really tough. The Saints have not allowed a 100-yard rusher since 2017. It is now almost 2020. You know who it was? That is a that is a long time. Do you know who it was? Ooh, uh, it was November. I'm gonna say Legarrette Blunt. No, 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 no. Someone way better. Oh, yeah. Samaj P. Ryan. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Samaj freaking P. Ryan, 100 yards wow. against the Saints. Uh, he was the last one to do it. Man, what that that was a disaster uh, of a short career for P. Ryan, but. Uh, fun side of the day. So for Mostert, like everyone's so excited because of what we saw last week. And yes, this offense can run the ball, but Tevin Coleman is still there. Matt Breda returned to practice. He is probably going to play this week. Does Raheem Mostert even maintain a role as a rusher? Or does he go back as a special teamer, which is what his specialty has been for the past couple of years? No pun intended. That's right. Um... Yeah, Mostert's hard. Listen, if I knew he was going to be the number one back for this team, I would start him even in this tough matchup. And yes, the matchup is very tough, but I feel like Kyle Shanahan's run scheming and Mostert's actually really explosive ability would both trump the Saints' run D. But I don't know how many carries, I don't know how many touches he's going to get. So it makes it a lot tougher to really put a a solid projection on him. Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. You know, it's it's a situation where I think you're just kind of hoping that things go with a hot hand. I can't really give much more analysis than that, except for I'm nervous about that situation. Um, Tevin Coleman, I don't think you can trust. You can't play him. Matt Breda, again, tough matchup. Workload is unclear. I don't think you can play him. Receivers, let's talk about Debo and uh, Emmanuel Sanders. If you're going to start one of them, who is it? Uh, it's going to be Debo. I feel like he's kind of taken over at this point. Um, I don't feel great about him necessarily. He's more in the wide receiver three range than wide receiver two range, but I'm willing to start him as a flex, and I will start him over Emmanuel. Yeah, now, Okada, I haven't pulled this up. Do you know out of those two guys who uh, lines up more in the slot from your research? I do not. Can you look uh, it up? I not look. I could do that, yes. Look it up, and I I'll, will do that. And I'll talk because, yeah, you, you sounds know, good. the... The matchup on the outside is tough with Marshawn Lattimore. He's playing great. But the matchup on the inside is fantastic with P.J. Williams, who is getting crushed, as he does uh, week after week. So if Debo or uh, Manny Sanders lines up in the slot, then certainly this is a matchup where I would prefer that player. Now, hopefully I've talked long enough and I can ramble and pretend to talk longer if I need to, Okada, for you to find that information for our listeners. You definitely will have to talk okay, longer. Okay, I'll keep talking. We'll, we'll come back to it. Uh, <laughs> All right. On the New Orleans side of the ball, Jared Cook, I think, is a start. He seemed to have dropped every single target he had last week and still ended up with 85 yards. He left a lot of fantasy points on the field. But in the tight end landscape, he certainly is a top six play for us this week. 
Um, and then, of course, we talked about it. You know, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara are both starts. Drew Brees in a tough matchup, I feel like, is is tough to roll out there with 100% confidence. Okada, maybe you can speak to it. But for me, you know, the, the splits with Drew Brees, you know, playing uh, at home are certainly better than on the road. Now, is this game, to your knowledge, is it in San Fran or is this in New Orleans? Uh, it is in New Orleans. All right. So with that being said, I- I'm okay starting him. I'll probably have him ranked as a back-end QB1. Uh, give me your take there on Breeze. Yeah, I think that's pretty similar. Um, I-, I think he'll be a little bit outside QB1 range for me, but still startable if he's been your guy. Uh, and also, I can tell you, they have almost exactly split the slot snaps. They're just kind of rotating between the two guys, so tough to say. All right. Well, I was hoping you would have a fantastic bit of knowledge for our listeners, and you got nothing. So thank, thanks <laughs> nope. for nothing, Okada. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. Let's move on to our next matchup here. We're going to speed this up through the end here, Okada. We're running a little long on time, as we always do. But it's our 100th episode, and I don't care, okay? We're <laughs> going to do it. Uh, we've got Big the, facts. the Colts and the Bucks. Uh, in a matchup where we have Jacoby Brissett taking on Jameis Winston. Certainly, Jacoby Brissett, I think, is outside of streaming radar. Well, I shouldn't say that. that that's my temperature because of a, a lack of T.Y. Hilton. But the Bucks, man, this is a spot where everyone puts up points, unless your name is Nick Foles uh, from last week. Are Ooh. you are you looking his way? Let's say top 15 play. Uh, I will tell you the exact answer to that question, Betts, because I can look at my ranking. Oh! So close. He's my quarterback 16. Ah, so not a top 15 play. Yeah, and, and we talked about the Colts actually a little bit at the top of the show. So if you missed any of this, go ahead and go back. But Okada and I are both locked in on Jack Doyle this week. Certainly, if Marlon Mack is active, he's coming back from, from a, a broken bone in his hand. I'm going to tell listeners you have my full confidence to play him. Okada, any worries about Mack in this matchup? No, certainly the Bucks defense has been decent to very good. Uh, throughout the year at various points, but Mac is, I trust Mac and the Colts offense more than the Buccaneers in any respect. So yes, if he's out there, I will go with him. How about Zach Pascal? He was a guy that was just putting up stinkers every single week, like 30 or 40 yards, but last week comes out, goes over 100. We know the story with the Bucks. You can pass on him. Can you start Zach Pascal? I think you can, and I think you probably have to. Um if he can do what he did last week against the Titans, he can certainly do that or better against the Buccaneers. So, yes, please. Perfect. This might be the, the quickest breakdown we've had on a game so far this season. For Tampa Bay, the story is Jameis Winston with turnovers but also production. The story is Ronald Jones not being uh, able to be trusted because of his poor pla- pass blocking, which we talked about at the top of the, top of the show. The story is Mike Evans and Chris Godwin every single week. Is there anything yep. else to say? Uh, there is not, uh, because you have covered it all in a very nice two second summary. I will say this, if you're curious, Mike Evans is my number one wide receiver this week. Is that matchup based? Um, it's a little bit of everything. Uh, it's a little bit of less trust in some of the other elites, tougher matchup for some of the elites. And, uh, yeah, I think he can destroy them. Interesting. I've got him at seven. So uh, a little bit of a difference, but regardless, certainly he's in Where do your, you have Godwin? your matchup. Uh, I've got him at 10. Oh, I have him at 6. So, yeah, Ooh. apparently I like this matchup a little bit more. than I do. Uh, yeah, maybe I need to readjust my thinking here. We'll see. Um, all right, let's move on to our next matchup here, one that I am so excited about. I know you are too. 
We got mm. your New England Patriots taking on the Chiefs. The Patriots are at home. Oh, man, where do we start? This is There's so much to talk about in this game because the matchup looks terrible for Patrick Mahomes. It looks terrible for Tyree Kill. But these guys, because of what they can do, I, I think have to be in your lineup. Okada, can you convince me otherwise? I mean, if you look at last year, Betts, we saw this game, this very same game in the regular season that – and the and the playoff game, I believe that the, the Patriots figure out how to stop uh, these guys for a while, but you can only do it for a while when it's Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill, and then eventually they will do something disgusting and break a big play and score. So it's certainly not a good matchup. They're definitely going to both be lower in my rankings than they normally would, but I don't think it's a oh my gosh, can we even play these guys sort of situation. I think that they come out there and have a, a decent game. Yep, Travis Kelsey, same story, temper expectations, but he'll be he'll be in the lineup uh, for sure for you. The running backs, this is a situation that is dicey. Uh, let's talk about Darrell Williams. He is now on the injury report. The The staff has already come out and said he probably won't play this week. Obviously, I agree. Uh, should not be anywhere close to your lineup. Looking at Damian Williams, on the other hand, it's tough to trust him. I mean, he's got a rib injury. We know how painful these are. He takes one hit to the ribs, and he's done. He did not practice today on Wednesday. So, uh, LaShawn McCoy, if, if he is the go-to guy and or it's Darwin Thompson, uh, what are you doing with that backfield? And or they signed Spencer Ware. Yes. Which is a, an old fling of theirs and knows Andy <laughs> Reid and could potentially slide right in here. Uh, yeah, all of that together gives me zero confidence in picking one of these guys. I'm probably going to just avoid them entirely and redraft. You could take a, a, a shot at one for a DFS play. Super cheap. One of them might score a touchdown, but I really don't know who it's going to be. It's one of the murkiest situations of the week, so I'd stay away. All right. We don't normally talk about defenses a ton, but I want to talk about the Patriots because you know of what they've done this season. I feel like people just roll them out there every week regardless of matchup because of the notion of them being the best scoring fantasy asset uh, by a wide margin so far this season because of their first two months. But it's the Chiefs, it's Patrick Mahomes, it's Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. (sighs) Okada, the million-dollar question, can you start the Patriots' defense or do you need to pick up another defense on your waiver wire? Uh, I would would honestly like to say go to the waiver wire and get a streamer, but I spent... A half an hour this week, bets combing all my waiver wires for defenses, and for some reason there are not any good ones with good matchups. I think that all the best defenses have bad matchups this week and steal the bad matchups from all the uh, waiver wire defenses, who then have to face good teams. So uh, if you can find one that's solid, maybe you know throw me some examples and I'll tell you. But I think you kind of chill out, just have to roll them out there and not expect the top defense performance, but still a you know top ten performance. What about the Eagles taking on now? Well, we're not going to talk about it today because this matchup isn't on our dock, but uh, Daniel Jones is now in a walking boot with a high ankle sprain. Eli is going to start Patriots D or Eagles D that just got absolutely embarrassed by the Dolphins. Patriots D. And I thought we were going to stay away from the Eagles-Dolphins and not talk about it at all so that you don't cry live on this stream. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. No, Here we give are. me the Patriots still. Yeah, I was I was texting Okada last week during the game. Like, dude, Jalen uh, Jalen Mills is the worst mm. cornerback in the league. Rough, absolutely getting just destroyed. Uh, we're gonna talk about that on the Patreon show later this week. But 
Yes, cry me uh, a river. This defense is the worst I've seen in a very long time. Uh, on the New England side of the ball, Julian Edelman is a lock in your lineup. The other pass catchers, man, it just seems like every week you don't know what you're going to get. I mean, we saw Jacoby Myers splash. We've seen Mo Sanu come back now from injury, and he's had a couple of nice plays here or there. It just seems like it's Julian Edelman, it's Tom Brady, and just the group. Like, it's just the guys. Uh, can you play any of the other, the other guys there? James White. Do we yes. count him as a receiving player, or does he fall into the running back category? Well, that's a good point. I was going to talk about it as a running back, but I think you can play him regardless. Um, okay, yeah. I'm I'm playing the crap out of James White <laughs> this week. I think that he is going to be a smash, and not just because he was a smash last week and carried me to round two of the Scott Fishbowl playoffs, uh, but I think this is a game that they lean very heavily on him. I might even want him over Edelman straight up in a half PPR. Uh, I feel really, really good about him. I am so, playing yes, please. the crap out of him. So playing him. Yes. So hard. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I, I am also playing him uh, as well. Um, last piece, and then we'll move on to, to the last matchup. Sony Michelle, I feel like, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm kind of just done with Sony, but the matchup is so good. Kansas City got destroyed by Josh Jacobs last week, and every running back to face them, it seems like, just goes for chunk play after chunk play. I could see a scenario where Sony Michelle goes over 100 and finds the end zone because of how bad this defense is on the ground, but I could also see a scenario where he gets you, like, 17 for 47 because that's what he's done this year, like, I honestly don't know what to expect. Out of those two options, which one is more more realistic? Do you think it's the 17 for 47, or do you think it's the 100 and a touchdown? Ooh, that, I want to go somewhere right in the middle of that. So <laughs> I'm that's not letting tough. you. you got to pick one or the other. <laughs> I'll, you know what? I'll take the good side. I'll take the 100 and a TD, mainly because I think that the, the Patriots try to get Sony Michelle going. It feels like every game. And every game, it feels like he just runs into the back of his lineman and falls down, and it just doesn't go well enough. And then Tom Brady has to throw and, and uh, complete half of his passes. This is a game where Sony Michelle can easily smash on those first 10, 15 carries, keep that going, open up the play action for Tom Brady, and the whole offense looks better. So I think that he has a very decent game. I, I don't think it'll be 100, but if you force me to choose, I, I would say closer to that end because I think he'll be real solid. All right, man. Let's kick it over to the last matchup here. Seattle taking on the Rams. On the Seattle side of the ball, Russell Wilson, you're starting. Chris Carson, you're starting. Tyler Lockett, where are you? Um, man, it has been rough for him this past week and two weeks, really, as he's coming back from injury. Um, there's kind of rumors out there. You know, Maybe he was sick this past week. Maybe that's why he didn't perform well. But he's on the field. Russell Wilson is his quarterback. I feel like you have to start it. Like that's kind of where I'm at with him because of what we he can do. But it's crunch time, man. Like is he in your lineup this week? Yeah. He he has to be. He's too good when those two are connecting uh for him to be out of my lineup. And honestly, he's gone too long without a good game. I think he has to be solid here. Uh I don't feel great and sneakily DK Metcalf has been quite DK good. Metcalf. Decaf. Uh, that was pretty funny. I, I feel so like bad. <laughs> I feel like we should all just start calling him Decaf now. Uh, it's a great nickname. But I'm gonna get no, you the, uh, the T-shirt from RotoWare. Have you seen? Do that? they have one already? Yes. Oh my gosh! It came out on Tuesday. It was a Starbucks uh, 
logo with Metcalf's uh, face or headshot in it, and it says Decaf Metcalf on it. Absolutely oh, brilliant. Gosh. I'm going to get you one for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, the, the, that that duo uh, on Monday Night Football, not good. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> but, yes, uh, he's been good. DK, that is, not Tess or McFarland. Uh, and it's it helped uh, kind of cover up for Lockett's disappearance. So I think that both of them could be decent in this game. Uh, I don't think both will be, I don't think either will be great, but I think that both should be in your lineup somewhere. Yeah, I think I'm with you uh, on that. On the Rams side of the ball, we saw Jared Goff come back in a big way last week, but it was the Cardinals. Uh, certainly Seattle isn't a scary matchup in the secondary, but they're better than the Cardinals uh, by a long shot. Give me your temperature on Goff. Is is he even someone we can trust at all in the playoffs? Yes. Start him very happily. Uh, I told you, Betts, that Ryan Tannehill was my quarterback eight, and that was hot. I told you that Josh Allen was my quarterback seven. That's not hot, uh, but it is where he is. There are six quarterbacks above those two. One of them is Jared Goff. All right. He is my quarterback six. Uh, I talked earlier about how much better he's been against bottom 15 pass defenses, or bottom 17 technically, uh, outside top 15 pass defenses. He's averaged... 360 passing yards a game against those pass defenses. And that includes one of his best games of the year against the Seahawks earlier this year in Seattle. This is a smash for me. Uh, if I don't know what his price is in DFS because I don't play DFS because I'm not allowed to. But I would put him in all my lineups probably based off the price I expect him to be. Uh, I feel really confident in Jared Goff. Throw him out there. Do you disagree? Um... Yes and no. Like I, so I'm not mm. with you, you as be far honest. as the full confidence. Like I'm not top six by any means, um, but I have him right now as 11 in my rank. So I am starting him. He is at home. The weapons are fantastic. And my gosh, Robert Woods, 19 targets last week. Woo. Uh, certainly you're not going to get that. But uh, I think the pass catchers there, not named Brandon Cooks, are must starts. Do you agree on Cup and do you agree on Woods? Uh, I definitely agree on Cup. He's my wide receiver two this week. Clearly, I like this passing game in this uh, matchup. Um, and Woods, yeah, I, I think he'll be fine too. That last week performance honestly came out of nowhere. So it's hard to say, like, have they figured out that targeting Robert Woods is a good way to get Goff going um, and win? Or was that just the Cardinals and they're awful? Uh, so he'll he'll be a wide receiver two or close to that for me. Uh, certainly should be in your lineups, but I don't feel quite as great about him as I do about Cup. Yeah, and then with Brandon Cooks, you know, it's just a point for me at this point in the year. Um, he, we have to see it first for him to be out there in my lineup. So he's on my bench this week. Yep. And then, you know, Gerald Everett, if he misses, I think Tyler Higby again is uh, in the tier, <laughs> the back end, yep. that M1 tier that we have now uh, named on this podcast. <laughs> The poopy, the, the polished turd tier. Polished turd tier. Yes. Yep. Um, tough to, to really say more than that. All right, man. That were, what was that? Like nine games? Eight games? Uh, eight. Yes, and we are well Control. over time. So we're going to wrap it up there <laughs> on that note. Uh, we will get to the rest of the games, the matchups, on the Patreon show, which will drop uh, on Saturday morning. Um, not sure if we'll do a live stream for it or not, but regardless, we will record that and get that out to our Patreon supporters. And if you want access to that and so much more, patreon.com slash RetroidsPod is the place to go. Uh, Okada, last segment, and then we will get out of here. Give me your player, because of our our 100th episode, 
your player you have 100% confidence in for the stretch Ooh. run of the playoffs? Who is it? Oh, I love the theme of this question. Uh, this one I actually did prepare, prepare for bets, and it is a player that I love dearly. It is not Kyler Murray, though. Ooh, uh, and I have just felt so vindicated recently, especially last week, when he mossed the living daylights out of Jalen Mills oh all game long. Oh my gosh. I am taking Devontae Parker, <laughs> who has been balling out uh, this season and finishes his year with the Jets, Giants, and Bengals in the fantasy playoffs. Unless you played Week 17 and then he has to play the Patriots, but don't do that. Uh, get out of those leagues if you are. Uh, yeah, Jets, Giants, Bengals in the stretch, the home stretch for Devontae Parker. I think he's a wide receiver, top 15 guy for the rest of the year. Yeah, I, dude, I can't argue. Um, I'm still dumbfounded by what's happened. Since week six, Michael Thomas is the only wide receiver with more fantasy points than Devontae Parker. Yeehaw! Let that sink in for a second. <laughs> Let's go. My player that I have full confidence in is Chris Carson. Um, man, like any other team, you fumble this much, you are on the bench. They love him so much, and for that reason, I am so confident with Chris Carson. I don't care what happens with his fumbling issues. The team is going to go back to him time after time after time, and because of that reason, with the workload, how much they want to run the ball, he's in my lineup. I love that, and I think that a lot of people are concerned about the rise of Rashad Penny. It doesn't matter with this offense because they're going to run the ball 800 times a game, and Chris Carson's going to get his, so yeah, love it. All righty, that does it for episode 100. We are back for the Patreon show later this week, and then we are back uh, on Monday for the injury recap episode. Good luck in your fantasy football playoffs. Okada, anything else for the listeners? Uh, go Patriots. We need to win this game. Um, good luck to the Eagles, man. They can win any game. They can lose any game. I hate being an Eagles fan right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, reminder, check out trophysmack.com. Code Redshirts gets you a free ring when you purchase a trophy or belt. It is championship mm. season. Go get one. Yep, yep, uh, those yep. things are awesome. Until next time, we are the Redshirts. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out our website, RedShirtsFantasyFootball.com.